welcome to the Business Banter and Bourbon Podcast with your hosts, Ben and Tom. Yeah, that's... Where's Trevor the story? Yeah, tell us, uh, tell us a little, well... I gotta tell you Clock, this. Clock's rolling. I gotta tell you this story first. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah, so. let's start with a story. So remember, uh, a few weeks ago, we were talking about options, right? Mm-hmm. And we used the bourbon, Four Roses bourbon, as the example. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and, and you were gonna buy calls at twenty two dollars, right? Remember that? That's right. Yes. And it was gonna cost you a dollar. So so your input cost was twenty three dollars for the call. Yes. Right. Yes, indeed. Okay. So, a couple of weeks ago. I was going to go skiing, so I was driving up north. And I stopped at my favorite stop in Manaqua. Great town. Yeah. It was kind of, you know, a combination mini mart gas station sort of thing. It's called Christ. K R I S T. Quick Trip? Did you stop at Quick Trip? No, no. It's, oh. it, it's called Christ. K R I S T. So that's where I always stop, anyways. Yeah. I think it's called Christ. Maybe it's Christ. Is it just a local place? <laughs> like, Christ, why are these gas prices so high? You know, I, no, but it's Christ. Yeah, I think it's Christ. So anyway, I stopped in there, and I'm milling around inside looking for a snack, something to drink, whatever. And lo and behold, there's a liquor section there, right? Mm-hmm. So I meander over there, mm-hmm. and I'm looking around. I looked at the bourbons, and I see... Four Roses bourbon on special. $22.99. Isn't that wonderful? That $23 yeah. call is right on the money. What? How convenient. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. But I would have lost a penny. You would have lost a penny. I would have lost a penny on my deal. Yeah, yeah, with my effective cost of $23. Yeah. Uh, bummer. If the market is bearing $22. 99. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. That call I'm, wouldn't have been quite as good. Well, I'm going to stop in on my next trip up there and see what it's going see what for. It is. Yeah. 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 See if it's edging up a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, liquor prices surprisingly have not gone up a lot with other things. Uh, inflation hasn't really affected liquor prices. Um, you know, it's it's yeah. been consistently interesting. And I don't know why. Well, um, um, it, yeah, you would th- well, maybe it hasn't caught up yet. I mean, I'm sure grain prices have gone up for the distilleries. Oh, wheat and corn right. definitely have. So I don't know. Maybe it just hasn't caught up to them yet. Maybe not. Might yeah. see it in, you know, next year. Yeah. But liquor prices have been nowhere, nowhere near, um, have not faced the same inflationary pressures yeah. as other stuff. But that's really cool that you that you saw that. <laughs> Is it twenty two ninety nine? I had to laugh really when cool. I saw that. Yeah. I go, Boy, ben was right on the mark with that one. I'm <laughs> glad I sold him that call at twenty three dollars. That was a guess because <laughs> and actually that's that's a good deal. I think at the pig we paid twenty seven dollars for that bottle. So yeah, I think that's that's kind of the going rate. So yeah. well, four roses. A little bit of yeah. A little anyway, bit of local basis there in, yeah. in uh, price points. So what are we what are we drinking here? What, what do we what got do we here, here is okay, this is this is a local distillery. The old sugar distillery. Okay. And it's a Wisconsin bourbon. Obviously made from Wisconsin grains. But uh, anyway, a little story behind this. This has been around since two thousand and ten. The uh, gentleman that started it was kind of experimenting, wanted to get into the distilling business, and uh, went down to Arkansas, of all places, Hmm. to look for a distillery, a distilling equipment, and uh, went up into the Ozark Mountains or wherever, and (laughs) found this old pot distiller, hauled it out of the woods, through the mud, on his, you know, on the gravel, threw it into the back of his pickup truck and drove it up to Madison and started this distillery. And it was the first one, really, I think probably maybe in the state that had a tasting room because it wasn't legal at the time that distillers could have the general public come in mm. and try the product. But he was able to open one up, and it's just grown since then. So that's what we have here. Here, this is fine Wisconsin bourbon whiskey. Fine bourbon here from the Sugar Creek Distillery, right in downtown Madison. Off of it's on uh, it's on Main Street. Off of Main Street, right? 
up yeah. Main Street. Um, a really cool looking bottle. Um, what a what a logo. Um, <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a throwback. Yeah, a little bit of a throwback there. Um, profile of a profile of a man with a lot of uh, a lot of things going on in his head there. <laughs> and the handlebar mustache. The handlebar mustache. Very very cool. Um, a great looking color. Um, not as dark as some of the other bourbons we try. This right. is definitely more of a light, ambery, light, caramely right. uh, kind of color. There it is. Um, yeah. 40% alcohol, so 80 proof. A little bit lighter than some of the others. Um, so looking at our bourbon wheel. Yes, <laughs> the bourbon wheel. The Modern Thirst the, bourbon wheel, which is right. a really good tasting descriptor. Um, really gives you a, gives you a nice uh, nice plethora of adjectives to choose from, uh, and a good guide uh, to help the novice bourbon drinker describe the taste that they're experiencing on any given sip. What do you yeah. what do so, you get? When so you we start that? out in the wheel here with fruit floral. I guess that's one profile. Wood, grain, sweet, and aromatic. And then however you. Def- identify that that leads you off into other flavor profiles mm-hmm. what do you get so in the um the inner circle i get uh i get some floral um i get a little bit of sweetness um actually um are, are probably the two i would i would lean towards maybe just a touch just a touch of spice so that's kind of how i would probably order it i'd probably order it fruit floral sweet and then spice yeah i don't i don't get any of the fruit or floral no and certainly not the wood or the grain i I would be more on the spice and sweet more on the spice and sweet that's kind of your starting point somewhere between those two somewhere between those yeah so then that leads you into earthy spices baked candy or buttery Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Let's. Uh, I don't get earthy at all. Let's take another sip here. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, <laughs> I'm sticking. I'm sticking with fruit. Um, still, I'm. I'm getting. I'm getting kind of. Kind of orange. Um, little bit of. Little bit of citrusy. Um. Probably orange and and maybe maybe a little bit of cherry, maybe a little touch of apricot in there. Um, that's kind of kind of what I'm touching, what I'm getting there. And then with uh, the sweet side, more vanilla than caramel by my palate. And then with the spice, mm, yeah. probably. Probably a little bit of a, maybe a little bit of tea, actually, uh, at the end. More of an aromatic type finish. But I don't know. Everyone's different. Everyone's palate is different. Yeah, as I taste it multiple times here. um, (laughs) In quick succession. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'm, I'm losing the sweetness. I pick up more spice and aromatic. Certainly not earthy, so I'm going the kind of the spicy aromatic area. Maybe a touch of pepper. And, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I got I got the pepper, I got the pepper. So that's kind of that's where I land on it. Mm. Very interesting. Yep. Yeah, very interesting. It does yeah. kind of help you define though what you know what what the flavor profiles of the specific bourbon would be. It does. So as you taste them, you can say, well, you know, this one is, is going to be more of the aromatic and tea black pepper versus the Four Roses I thought was more fruity and flavor and floral. So I'd be Definitely up into that fruit with range. the Four Roses. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the Elijah Craig, um, thinking back, that, that one I actually found to be kind of woody. Some nuts and almond. Right. Um, I think was was kind of a leading yeah. taste. Now that I think back to it, I thought it was yeah. grainy. Yeah, very grainy. You're grainy. Grainy. Interesting. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then remember the Knob Creek. 
Oh, the maple. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Very maple Candy is what. See, candy is up there. That candy, would have been. Candy is on there. Yeah, yeah, that was a candy one. Yeah. For sure. But, you know, your, your taste will be different than mine. And, you know, you know, the older you get, you know, the more your, your taste buds <laughs> die and change. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. There's you know, no way those, to revitalize With that. all those passing years, yeah. No way to revitalize your taste buds. How do you do it? Well, they don't grow back. Yeah. 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 That's why we were we were feeding our, our kids the other day, and I had to remind myself, like, you know, yeah, they probably really don't like a lot of this stuff because their their mouths and taste buds are so young, it's so sensitive still. They haven't had years of all that dying off. That <laughs> things probably are really yucky to them. You know, it also explains why, as as you as you get older, foods you used to hate as a kid taste great, taste okay or good or even like later on. Oh yeah, and so, and like, vice versa. Like too. Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts, yes. Oh, well, yes. Brussels sprouts. I never could eat yeah. those when I was younger. Oh, no. So. No, no. I don't, I don't know. I still can't stand beets. Mm. Beets are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Get the heck out of here with those beets. Grind them up and put them in your smoothie, Alex. Oh. Be better that way. Beet powder. Yeah, beet powder. Beet powder. They say that's the next, um, that's like the next big super superfood thing you should put beet powder in your smoothies yeah it's mm. good for longevity yeah good i'll for, pass good for <laughs> all <that> stuff. No <laughs> we'll beets. stick with stick oh, with like, the prime rib yeah like cauliflower <laughs> asparagus no uh cauliflower is fine yeah. this was asparagus so yeah asparagus too yeah did oh, you yeah. eat up all the rest of that prime rib i ate all of it oh boy yeah. <laughs> oh boy i've probably had five pounds of prime rib the last three days <laughs> You're going to have to have a colonoscopy. <laughs> I don't feel great. <laughs> Cholesterol's got to be through the yeah, roof. It's really, it's really bad, but it's so good. Oh, my gosh. And I reheated some prime rib in the oven with that red wine reduction au jus. Oh, oh, oh. oh that's that melt in your mouth. Melt in your mouth, good. That yeah. was that stuff is something that was else. Good, good piece of meat. Ken's, the yeah. only place to get USDA certified prime. Surprising wow. rib roast. Wow. Yeah, that was a big one too. Ten pounder, delicious. Yeah, that that was a that was a hunk. Yeah, yeah the people who cut it at Ken's, they were like, "We got to come over." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it, was, it was. I mean, that thing was the size of a baby. I mean, it was. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. yeah it, was, it, was. it was. Good size. Good size. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, Old Sugar Distillery. Of the fine, a yeah, fine wide bourbon. variety of other alcohols. And this one, um, this one, courtesy of a uh, courtesy of Uncle Jim. Yep. Uncle Uncle Jim coming coming through in the clutch here with a uh, with a nice yep. nice bottle of bourbon. Great choice. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is nice. It, it's also not harsh at all. Um, no. no. Well, the alcohol levels yeah. lower. Lower. I mean, so yeah. Lower. So yeah. it's not going to bite as much. Yeah. This this one is this one is friendlier. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, check out your local distillery. Too. Another good one. Yeah. See what you can find. Highly recommend. Yeah. What kind of call would you put on that one, Ben? Oh. <laughs> you know, for this this bottle, I would I would probably I'd probably pay about twenty eight bucks for this bottle. Yeah. It's, yeah, I think they're probably around thirty ish. Thirty somewhere around yeah. thirty bucks. Yeah. I'd, I'd probably yeah, pay that for that bottle. It's a great looking bottle. I yeah. love the style. Love the logo. Yeah, yeah. I like the handlebar mustache. <laughs> it's <laughs> good. Throw one of those. This this one would also make a nice mixer. Um, mm -hmm. This isn't this isn't one you have to have to sip neat on its own. This could go well in something else. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. okay. Wow. So. What you, what uh, so switching to the economy and the market and everything mm -hmm. else, let me ask you a question. Here. Oh, okay. Yeah. One of our earlier podcasts, you talked about how you were bullish the American dollar. Oh, yeah. That's not too how good. How are we doing? It? Oh, yeah. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it's really broken down. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's um, what touched a high, the index of 114. Yeah. I want to say early this fall, late summer, something like that. Um, and ever since that, that, um, that October CPI report, 
it's been on a march down. It's, it was hovering what around one oh three. Um, uh, I want to say as of the close at one of the closes this past week, um, a big significant drop. Yep. Um, which, you know, kind of bodes well for, for, for stocks that have a lot of international exposure, right? It does. Yes. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Right. You're not facing that currency headwind anymore. Right. Or at least you're getting some degree of relief. But yeah, the, the dollar and interest rates were kind of the story of 2022, don't you think? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, are we seeing a little bit of a drop in the dollar because, Interest rates have come down. I mean, the Treasury rates have come down. They have come down, but they kind of ticked back up. They did. The this, past this, few weeks. This week, they did. They're not they going quiet. Back. I don't yeah. know if you saw that. Yeah. The The 10-year peaked around 4.2%. Yeah. That was... That was again kind of kind of early fall, if memory serves right, and then it went all the way down to three point four percent. Now back up to three point nine percent as of the close. They're not going quiet, are they? No, no, they're not. No, they're not. The two-year um, edged back up. That was hovering back above four point four percent. Yeah. The, well, the yeah. spread. Uh, what's the spread now? It's three eight something, I think, for the. 10-year and the two years for four. So, I mean, that's yeah. kind of come down from... Sp- the spread was pushing, you know, 80 basis points. And yeah, now it's something like 60. 60. Something like 60. Yeah, so, so the inversion is kind of shifting, uh, which is good. Um, I, I don't think it still necessarily says we're headed to a recession, although we probably are mm-hmm. in some respects. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, and we can talk about twenty twenty three as we get sure. further into this, but um, inverted yield curves curves a tough thing, right? Because effectively you're you're borrowing short at a higher price and and lending long at a lower price. So right. banks, institutions that mm-hmm. that have to have to function in that environment, they lend less, yeah. um, and then when they lend less, people borrow less and they're buying less things or starting less businesses, right? I mean, that's kind of the self-fulfilling right. prophecy that's there. That's kind of the whole plan. And that's kind yeah. of a big worry. That's yeah. why people tend to fret uh, yeah. when things go the wrong way in the treasury market like that. Yeah, and, I, and, and again, we'll talk about 2023, but I think going into the new year, <clears throat> um, it's still going to be some headwinds for businesses, I mm-hmm. think, because of that. And uh, a drop-off in consumer spending. You know, we're a consumer-driven economy, and we're seeing credit card balances, you know, extremely <laughs> high at this point. Um, personal savings have dropped. Yeah. Significantly. At a scary so, level. Yeah, At is. a scary level. So the consumers are, are squeezed. They don't have the money to spend anymore, and they're maxed out. Um, their behaviors are going to change, and I think you'll see a... A softening certainly in the economy. Yeah, and we saw that in the the November retail sales numbers too, which really yep. missed expectations. Yes. I think by a wide margin. Yes, they did. And that was going into the holiday season, right? And I believe there were what two Amazon Prime days built into that, um, as well as Black Friday, as well as Cyber Monday. Cyber Monday. Mm-hmm. And retail sales, I think, still missed. I think it was November. Um, it was. Because yeah. we don't have December data yet. No. You know, right. month month isn't out yet here on New Year's Eve. Right. But that's that doesn't bode great. That really doesn't bode great no, uh, when you're missing on retail sales like no, that. No, it doesn't. And, and I said it, you know, weeks ago when the target numbers came out, I said, just watch. We're going to see further erosion in the retail markets. And we're seeing it now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to extend into the new year. Um, yeah. So, I, again. Well, well, I mean, look no further than a chart of Amazon. I mean, have you, did you look at an Amazon chart? Not recently. It is, Amazon was, what, 80 bucks as of the close yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely, I, I, it was it was definitely low eighties. Okay, eighty four dollars, and if we look at the one year chart of that, 
Um, Amazon <laughs> was at 170 ish yeah, so about in so, early January. Um, so, so look at that. If you yeah. drew a trend line on those peaks, right? Mm. So it's a downward trend on the peaks of that curve. And then you draw a trend line on the bottom or the closes. Um, so where those two trend lines intersect, we're looking at a consistent level of $80 for Amazon. Mm -hmm. It's um, it's a year to forget for Mr. Bezos, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. With, with actually, I'm sure Mr. Musk, um, glad this year is gone as well. Um, talk about the two worst dogs out there mm -hmm. uh, as far as stock performance. But Amazon, it's, you know, still a consumer first company. You know, as much as as much as they're diversifying into web services and enterprise um, spend yeah. and all of that other stuff, all those other business to business offshoots. Um, if people aren't buying, if things aren't being put on their doorstep if they're not streaming or cutting their streaming services. Right. Um, ugh, yeah, it's it's hard for a stock like Amazon to perform. And then we have Tesla, um, which I read yesterday. Elon Musk has become the first person in the history of the world to lose $200 billion. <laughs> <laughs> And it all happened this year alone. Yeah, yeah. well. Isn't that astonishing? Uh, yeah, because Tesla was what? It, it looks like it touched about 400 bucks in early January. You know, and, and poor, now it's at 123. Poor, poor, poor Eli. <laughs> Losing t 200 billion. It's self-inflicted. 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 Shot himself in the foot. Right. You know, um, if we talk about a recap of 2022 and 2020, so I would like to see the things in 2022 go away in 2023. One of them is Elon, Elon Musk. Musk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kind of done it's, with him. Um, he's, he's really, he's really kind of an embarrassment, isn't he? I mean, I, I was reading about what the, what the remnants, the employees remaining at Twitter have to deal with. Right. They have to bring in their own toilet paper to work. Yeah, that's those are the degree. That's the degree of cost cuts that he's made. No, there are no janitors anymore. Well, yeah. Um, his first day of taking <laughs> over, he threatened all the employees. I mean, how how do you build loyalty in your, you know, in your staff, which he has to rely on. He's got to rely on all these tech wizards to run Twitter, mm -hmm. and he. <laughs> he gets angry with them and he insults them and he tells them they're stupid and lazy and whatever. You can't. Uh, so they up and quit. Okay, what do you expect, Elon? What do you yeah. think is going to happen? He's he's an angry man. Yeah, yeah he's very yeah. angry. And um, you know, he's he's put on a put on a clinic and how not to run a company. Right. Um, he's also really really shattered this perception that he's this infallible business genius. Um, and I think what a lot of people actually don't recognize about him is he didn't found Tesla. No. He was an early investor in Tesla. Yes, right. And he was involved in initial product design. But the company, its mission, its yeah. objective was someone else's. Oh, they always talk about what a, a brilliant genius engineer he is and all this the the brains behind tesla is his exec or was his executive vp of technology the guy that invented this guy truly invented the battery technology that fit under the bottom of the car the length he's mm -hmm. the genius behind it all mm -hmm. and who was that do we have that i name? don't know what his yeah. name is the um the the analogy is is musk is jobs not was you know, that's yeah. kind of kind of yeah. what I think. You know, Steve Jobs always had the 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 reputation of being this infallible innovator, designer, uh, conceptualizer. Um, Woz was the programming geek. Um, Woz was the one who actually, yes. you know, did the did the coding and, right. and all of that. Right. You know, Steve Jobs didn't invent anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I'm sure his name is on patents, but <laughs> only because he owned the company. Right. Same thing with Musk. I mean, mm -hmm. but uh, 
but so he, anyway, that's, that's a year to forget if you're forget. if you're yeah. if you're if you're Musk and Bezos, and actually a year to forget if you're everyone. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, just not, just real. not good. <laughs> yeah, not not good. So so you're thinking. Although, <clears throat> go ahead. Although there there were a couple of guys who had a darn good year. Warren Buffett. Well, yeah, and why is that? Berkshire Hathaway yeah. A up two percent. And why did he, he have did such it. a good year? He bought Chevron. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that isn't that amazing? And um, they they were talking about Buffett's portfolio on CNBC. They they pulled it up, showed uh, showed yeah. his top five holdings, yeah. concentrated primarily in five stocks, and that's what held him up this year. Apple, which really, really Apple took a nosedive yeah. uh, at the end of the year, a hard nosedive, bad, bad November. I December think unjustified too. I yeah. think that's unjustified. Then um, Chevron, which was up like, was it ninety or a hundred percent on the year? Coca Cola, Coca Cola, up. <laughs> Coca Cola, um, Bank of America, which was down a bit, not a great year, but that's, better than that market. was probably not a good one. And then. Um, American Express. Okay. That was the other one. Okay. That's a good the one. The credit too. card company. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. That caters mean, to the high end affluent luxury if he consumer. probably would have bought MasterCard, he would have done better yeah. than American Express, I think. But, but um, Buffett and Munger. Yeah. They, uh, are they putting their money into <laughs> into the Teslas and these high flying stocks that have no earnings? Did he put did he, does he have any money in Meta? No. 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 They don't invest that way. Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. It's like <laughs> buying a bond, right? <laughs> I mean, it is. It's very stable. You pay you a 4% dividend. It's like, okay, there we go. My money's safe. I can sleep tonight. And it's amazing. Those guys at their age, Buffett's what? What is he, 93, 94? 93. Munger's 95. Munger's 99, isn't 90, he? Is he that old? Yeah, oh, Munger geez. is old. Wow. Um, wow. Munger is old, and he's as sharp as a tack still. Yeah, so Buffett. Buffett's yeah. ninety-two. Uh, yeah, and so no investments in cryptocurrency. And uh, Charlie Munger, right, is <laughs> let's see here, um, ninety-eight. Ninety-eight. Ninety-eight years old. Yeah, no cryptocurrency anywhere on their portfolio. And these guys are are still, still in the game and still crushing it right. at their age. It's it's amazing. What a success story those those two are. So that's another one in 2022 that I want to see go away in 2023 and, and beyond. Sam Bankman-Fried. <laughs> and the whole cryptocurrency, Bitcoin nonsense should just stop, well, just end. Well, we we may have to blow our own horn here because I think it was maybe three podcasts ago. I told you he was going to be facing charges in jail time. Oh, yeah. You go back and listen, and look what's happened. A $250 million bond he was out on. Did you see that? How did that happen? $250 million bond. <sighs> His parents put up the collateral in their house in Palo Alto, and then there was one other unspecified source. And it doesn't mean you have to pay in cash the $250 million to get out. It's just like a, um, it's a guarantee. So if, if Sam Bankman-Fried misses a court date, doesn't show up, the government could seize his parents' house uh, and this other unspecified individual's um, cash as collateral. But $250 million bond, this guy is going to fry so hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jail time for sure. For I, mean, I mean, barring some sort of plea deal. Um, yeah, he's done. He, he will be facing years uh, in prison, in my opinion. And, yep, I think you're right. Yep. And those of us who have followed crypto for a while, I mean, there was writing on the wall with this thing. Well, the forecasts now are um, Bitcoin will be down to 9,000 soon. 9,000? 9,000. Still about $8,999.99 <laughs> too high. Uh, I think so, too. But... <laughs> But you know, um, you think about you think about crypto, and Alex mentioned it a few podcasts ago too. That 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 crypto is a technology. 
it's not an investment or a store of value. It's a means of quickly transferring money, like a like a like a Venmo or a PayPal or something, right? right. Like that's right. that's the utility. Right. Um, but with it, no financial backing behind it, that's the problem with it. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just it's, it's, it's just it's a string of ones and zeros. It's at the made end up of the day, money, right? So it's, it's just made up money, is what it is. Yeah. yeah. But well, anyway, Charlie Munger says stay away from it. Stay away from yeah, it. Yeah, Charlie Munger. He said we don't need a currency for kidnappers and blackmailers. Right. Right. What do we need that for? Um, and I think he's he's spot on the money. Yeah. But it the whole crypto thing. Um, also really interesting to see the the goofs who got caught up in it, like Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank. Um, what a what a goober he turned out to well, be. Well, he hung in too long. The yeah. people that really, you know, made a killing on cryptocurrency were the ones that were in early and saw the run up to sixty thousand or whatever mm -hmm. he peaked out at and got out. Yeah. And they saw it. They they saw it as a pyramid, they got out hit it they nailed it uh -huh. um the other uh yeah but but it's it's amazing but there are people who are like no it's 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 going back up like this kathy wood from arc innovation she's another 2022 darling i'd love to see go go bye-bye yeah um, oh yeah you she's know, the one saying bitcoin's gonna go still go back to a million dollars a coin oh you know she cornered the market on buggy whips <laughs> She, <laughs> she's a very yeah she is, very forward looking individual she's a piece of work this yeah, lady she's her, crazy. her fund was down like 85 percent this year yeah and she's still buying more bitcoin right. um you know i don't i don't get what it's what what is it going to take for these people they're, they're probably just going to have to go bankrupt is what it's going to have to take for them to realize yeah um yeah. but um, well but and that's a that's a key point why you don't listen to the talking heads on mm -hmm. cnbc mm -hmm. because everybody has their own opinions on you know what stock is great what which ones aren't well, all the dogs and we do too but people listen to them you know mm -hmm. they actually take their advice we don't give advice on this podcast no, we just no, no. comment no, and no. talk yeah. um but if you're giving advice if you are a financial advisor as they are and you're invest investment you know individual that counsels people on where to put their money um you better be careful what you say oh absolutely and for her to come out and and make statements like that is i mean that, that's really uncalled for <laughs> it, it's it's silliness is what it is yeah she can have the opinion to herself, but to advise people on that was not the right thing to and do. She, and she's got freedom of speech rights, like, she does. like anyone yeah. else. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, that's that's an impressionable thing. And to say Bitcoin's going to go to a million dollars a coin, sure. I mean. <laughs> but there's people out there that listen to that, and they hear that, mm -hmm. and, and they go, oh, i, I got to stick with this. i gotta, I got to put more into it. Well, yeah. No. Well, people have to, as always, Form their own opinions. Right. Do, do their own, do your own homework and, right. and figure out what's best what's best for you. Right. Do um, the math. Because yeah. just because someone says something, you know, it it doesn't mean you're you're a brainless zombie and you should just do it. You know, it's like if someone says go jump off a bridge and you actually do it. Yeah. You know, who's ultimately yeah. at fault? Is it Kathy Wood? Um, no. Nope. You know. No. I mean, but. But yeah, it calls into question your credibility. And if you were out there as a manager, a fund manager, saying this is going to a million dollars, I mean, who would who would give you a dime? You know, I yeah. Mean, but I, I mean, those types of statements catch people's attention. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe the wrong people, the wrong investors, listen to that. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's still irresponsible, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Twenty twenty two was. Um, the year a lot of exposures were made a lot of exposures people like that were, were you know as buffett says when the when the when the tide goes out you find out who's swimming naked and yeah. there was there was a lot of that uh, a lot, lot of that a lot year. of people lost their swimming suits a lot of, lot of trunks <laughs> a lot of trunks got washed away yeah yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah but you know it seems like it was the year of interest rates the year of treasury and uh the year of the dollar um right and 
you know, turning the page on that. I mean, those kind of felt like big things to me. Well, but I think, you know, going back to my first question to you about it, are you still bullish on the dollar? I think long term you have to be. Long term, you're still you still have to be bullish on the U.S. dollar because what else is there? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we're seeing the problems with China. Remember the the push a few years ago about changing the world reserve currency from the dollar to the Chinese yuan. Uh huh. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That effectively helped to push the dollar down. I mean, that that, because people were starting to think these countries are going to sell off the dollar and they're going to use the yuan as their reserve. That has kind of dissipated now. You don't hear any talk about changing the world reserve currency anymore because of the issues with China. No one trusts them. You certainly can't trust their currency. Mm-hmm. You can't trust anything that's coming out of the country now. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think, again, for medium, short-term to longer-term, the dollar is still king. And I think it's still kind of the place to, to be. Yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with with yeah. that at all. Um, you know, China was um, China was was so weird this year. We're locking down. We're not locking down. We're locking down. We're not locking down. We're open. We're not open. Um, you know, and now it seems the pendulum is totally swung. They have a huge the, mess. Yeah, they have a huge mess. The people just said enough already. Right. The people rose up. Yeah. And said, we're, we're not going to deal with this anymore. You can't lock us in our apartments and give us one bag of asparagus a week and expect us to be happy with it, yeah. which is what they were doing. Yeah. That, was, that was the sustenance they were getting right. is when they right. were locking down these cities. Government um, officials were coming in and giving them all in their individual apartments a bag of moldy asparagus a week, and that was their sustenance. <laughs> and, and, and no vaccinations. I mean, they're yeah. not, you know. Um, and they don't, yeah, they don't have effective vaccines. No, they don't have effective ones. 9,000 people a day dying. In China. Is that what it is now? 9,000 a day. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. uh, you know, again, a country of 1.4 billion, that's not percentage-wise, that's not much, but it's still significant. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's know, a, in that's our a terms, that's a lot. And it's spreading rapidly. That's the problem. So, Well, those urban, I mean, how many cities do they have? That have populations of over twenty million people. Each. Oh, I mean, it's like yeah, there's cities, there's there cities in China, and I've been to many of them that are ten million people or more, in cities you've never heard of, <laughs> never heard of, and there's yeah. ten million people. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's staggering. <laughs> the further yeah. west you go from Beijing, there's more and more of those cities that are unheard of, and you know, there's nine hundred million peasants in the in the country of china yeah. right they're out there breaking their yeah. backs doing the work well i don't want to get into the whole political discussion of <laughs> communism here but, uh, <laughs> that's kind of what's happening there and now those people are the ones that are affected by by covid and the diseases and you know it's just a sad situation that is it's a it's a terrible situation yeah so i don't i don't think people you know we all learned I think every country around the world learned from the whole COVID situation that you can't depend on China. We've had too much dependency on them. And, you know, when push comes to shove, you can't get supplies, you can't get medicines, you can't get all the things you need, you know, to stay healthy and keep your economy running. You know, certainly not going to rely on their currency. No. So. No, and yeah, corporations are, are leaving. Right, um, right, they are right. Apple, um, you know, probably probably the most noteworthy company right. over there, um, with ties to, with their ties with Foxconn and um, and and the region. Um, they're moving to India, and I think it was Vietnam uh, yeah. too, if if memory serves. I mean, that's yep. kind of a big yep. deal. It is a big deal, right? For them to say enough's enough already. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah, kind of interesting when, when this whole thing Indian happened, Vietnam. all the, the analysts were talking about, oh, my God, this is going to ruin Apple, and Apple doesn't, you know, they can't get they can't get their materials out of China. What are they going to do? Do you seriously think they didn't have an alternate plan, that Apple didn't have an, a redundancy plan for manufacturing? <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> Tim I, Cook, the greatest supply yeah, chain mind, yeah, arguably. Right. 
of of this decade. So they're quickly shifting to other manufacturing facilities around the world. Well, that doesn't happen overnight. They had those plans in place long ago. They just executed them now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because of the situations in China. So, you know, um, the whole discussion about tech, too, is an interesting one. As, as things have started to decline, the market has started to drop, people have bailed out of technology stocks. They have. Right. Yeah, they really have. Right. The, probably the worst hit sector yeah. this year it, was it is. tech. It's, right? it's been bad. Yeah, it's been bad for tech. Um, but when things come back, where are you going to put your money? I mean, <laughs> don't you have to put it back into tech? Isn't, isn't that the future? I, I, I what other sector are you going to go to? I personally put think your money so. In? I think, I think, um, uh, AI automation, that kind of, that kind of stuff is the future. Robotics. I think you talked about that yeah. on the first episode, actually. Yeah. Did. You yes. That. Yeah. We talked about AI and anything that where we're, where we have to decrease our reliance on people to do work. Right. companies that are positioned in that space and that could be anything heck it could be tesla i can't discount that as a possibility i know elon's big on big on ai um but the federal reserve themselves said we're short three and a half million people to do jobs right, in this jobs. country because yep. they retired right died or left the workforce yeah Right, and like we said, they don't spring out of holes in the ground. You need, you probably yeah. need machines or some sort of massive immigration reform to solve that kind of a structural problem. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, AI is interesting. Maybe that'll be more of a trend in the future. And to your point, maybe, maybe that, maybe those tech names are, you know, where you're, go- where you ought to go. I don't know. Yeah, I, I just kind of scratch my head and I go, you know. Tech got us to, you know, the record highs on the Dow and the S and P, and the Nasdaq, in what a year or so ago, mm-hmm. and then when things start to go south, people bail out on tech. Well, I, what what was so attractive about tech that got us to those high points to begin with? Has that gone away? All the all the things that technology was doing for us have that has that disappeared now, and now we're into a new economy that doesn't rely on those things anymore. As you mentioned, AI, robotics, you know, all, all the other pieces that brought us to where we were, they're they're going to come back. I would think so. That'd be my guess. I mean, what else are you going to invest in? U.S. Steel? I mean, that's <laughs> like I don't. <laughs> Gold. Gold. Gold, <laughs> baby. Gold. Gold. Well, if the dollar continues to drop, gold should be a pretty good value there. Okay. I actually I actually like gold. I bought some gold. Did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. See? Mm-hmm. So then you want the dollar to drop. I yeah, I'm yeah, I was I was I was wrong. I'm on the other side of it now. Yeah. I think I think the US dollar is cracked. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I do too. I have silver. And uh dollar coming down is great for silver. Because it's a, it's almost a perfect inverse relationship. As the dollar drops, silver goes up. You know, so. you know what else that means, though. What's that? Oil, oil and gas. Yeah. Oil. Mm-hmm. Oil and gas. Not sure what to do about oil at this stage. Bit of Price a head, bit, of a, bit of a head scratcher. Yeah. It well, it was at seventy, and then it it found support and bounced all the way back up to eighty. Well, you know, they were talking <clears> about all that Russian oil that was sitting on tankers here. Few weeks back, I think that's now coming to market, and that's we've we saw mm-hmm. the prices of oil drop now. Yeah. Um, so as that gets used up, we might see a bounce back in world oil. But um, I can't figure out gas prices. Have you checked the gas pump lately? Well, they went back. They were down. Yeah, pretty low, and then they went back up again. Back up. Yeah, it was over three dollars again. Three three oh nine or something. They're, they're tracking with oil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When when it hit the low. Oil was probably around seventy bucks, and now oil's back up to eighty. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a big spike. It went from two. well, they they to, they told us Jennifer Granholm went on CNBC and basically announced to the world oil can't go below seventy dollars a barrel. 
Remember? Yeah. Because she said yes. that's that's when the U.S. Right. government is going to be a buyer of oil to replenish the strategic the reserve. petroleum reserve. Yeah. 70 bucks. That's when we're buying. Well, okay. Yeah. So so that's it then. So, yeah. so oil can't go below 70. Right. Not until Uncle Sam buys back another 180 million barrels <laughs> and refills everything. <laughs> Yeah. So like that that's it, you know, that's like that's your floor. So what we what we saw at, for gas prices whatever it was last week or 2 weeks ago at the low, like maybe that's it. I don't know if yeah. we can go lower than that. Then. Yeah, it could be. Boy, I don't know. And now that's that good. now that China's reopened, yeah. right? That was yeah. the big worry yeah. that there was going to be no demand for oil. Because China was going to stick with zero COVID. Well, right. that's that's out the window now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you've got the world's biggest buyer back in the game, baby. So, game. <laughs> <laughs> so there's yeah. your, there's your demand. The demand is back. Yeah. So I don't yeah, know. It doesn't so... feel like you know it can it can breach seventy again, or would. I mean, no, unless there's not. unless there's a massive recession. Yeah. Well, I, I, certainly, I don't think we'll ever see twenty dollar oil again as we did a few years ago. I mean, or negative right? ten. Negative ten. Yeah. That's like, <laughs> yeah. So it probably oh, this imagine, sweet spot's probably still seventy to eighty. Can you imagine that? Negative ten dollars yeah. is what it was a few years ago. That one stretch there. Yeah. Where if yeah. you had had a. A couple of bulk tankers. <laughs> you could have driven to Texas, and they would have paid you ten dollars a barrel to take the oil off their hands. Yeah. And if you could have just parked that somewhere, just let it sit, and waited for two years, you could have netted a profit of a hundred and thirty dollars per barrel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you got to one twenty, yeah. yeah. And how many how many barrels does a bulk tanker hold? I don't know what is it like a. You know, like, yeah, like one of, those, be... one of those big guys going down the going down the highway. You know, how many barrels? Oh, eight, well, it'd be eighty thousand pounds, but I don't know how that converts to yeah. gallons. Let's take a take a quick look up here. It's probably a lot, right? Eighty thousand, so three thousand gallons, eleven thousand, eleven thousand oh. six hundred gallons. And how many gallons? Yeah, eighty thousand pounds gross is what the weight. So that's eleven thousand six hundred gallons. So how many gallons in a barrel of oil? Fifty. Fly? Is it 50 gallons? To 50, 50 gallons? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So you let's just let's just say what, like 300 barrels and you could have fit. Yeah. 300 barrels on a tanker? That kind of sounds about right. Get that up quick there, Alex. He's got it. Yeah. So if you had bought a, a couple tankers of oil at negative 10, right. sold at the top at 120, you would made one hundred and thirty dollars times three hundred times two. Yeah, you could have made eight, about eighty thousand dollars. Eighty thousand dollars on one tanker. Two tankers. Two tankers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. It'd be pretty good. <laughs> well, but how much does one of those trucks cost, though? Well, Eighty thousand dollars. So you're you're even. You You'd have to rent it, <laughs> insurance costs, the whole deal. That would be your gross. Yeah. yeah. But the big transport companies already have those tankers. It's fun to think know. about, though, they isn't do. it? Yeah. yeah. It's fun to think about. So there's one for you, Ben. Kinder Morgan. Kinder Morgan. What are they? Yeah. What are they? Probably they transport oil. Oh, they transport yeah. oil. Transport store transport oil. Store yeah. oil. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Steady as she goes, you know, about a twenty dollar stock roughly. Mm -hmm. Pays a great dividend. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Here, eighteen dollars. Yeah. Doesn't fluctuate a whole lot. Look right. at that. You know, pretty steady. Pretty ho hum there. Uh pretty good what's the dividend? Um oh, wow. there it is there. Dividend yield six point one four. Oh wow. Hmm. Intriguing. Yeah. I just sold some puts on that one. Oh, if that, yeah, yeah. That, that's your thing. That's what you're into there. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Well. Yeah, it's got a good premium on the on the options. Yeah. So. <clears throat> good one. But yeah, yeah. So we'll see. Oil will be oil will be interesting in 2023. Yeah, I think we got to keep our eye on it. Um, 
Did you see, this is interesting little tidbit, Porsche slash Volkswagen, I mean, they're Volkswagen owns Porsche now, they came out with a new fuel. Oh. An environmentally mm -hmm. friendly fuel that can go into any internal combustion engine car. Really? Yep. Just like your gas tank, it can be pumped at any gas station, wherever. It's made with water, hydrogen, and carbon dioxide. Oh, is that so? And it's environmentally <laughs> friendly. Right? Really? No emissions? No emissions. That is astonishing. And they, they ran it on a Porsche 911. That is amazing. Yep. So keep your eye on that one. That is, what an incredible because technology. Their their plan is, well, of course, they own the technology on it. It's e-fuel. There you go. Mm -hmm. They own the technology on it, and their plan is to sell it to oil companies. Really? I mean, they don't want to be in the business of selling fuels. So they'll just turn over the technology to the big guys, ExxonMobil and the rest of them. And you wouldn't have to change any infrastructure. In the gas stations, any pumping oh, stations, what nothing. What a massive win that is! Huge, yeah, huge. A win. massive win to not have, have to no do conversion charging stations. No, or any of no that, specific yeah. conversion to the automobile. It runs on existing engines. Burns clean. Well, that is genius. Keep an eye on that one. That is that is that is some kind of genius, right? So it's there. not pure hydrogen. You know, we've heard a lot about. You know, hydrogen is the next fuel. Yeah. Well, this is a mixture of water, hydrogen, carbon dioxide. So you're getting that. That. Uh, and because carbon dioxide is the source, when you burn the CO two, you're right. not emitting. You're CO2. not emitting you're CO two so, like probably oxygen or something else, right? right? Exactly. Like, okay, that's well. That's. And I don't understand the chemistry yeah. behind all that. How you combine, you know, H two O with <laughs> hydrogen and and CO two? How that all combines and then you're splitting yeah. it out when you combust it. I don't know how that all works, but we'll have to invite a chemist. Yeah, it's uh, genius, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, to talk about that. That that's amazing because because I always you know, I I I I don't believe in EVs. Like I just I don't believe they are the future. I because look, what was it only six months ago? Right. Gavin Newsom said don't charge your E V, you know, from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. because the state's electric grid in California can't handle it. Well, like, yeah. you know, okay, okay. <laughs> so you guys want everyone to drive an EV, but you can't charge it when you get home from work. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, how is that good? How is that an answer, especially yeah. when still yeah. the electricity is primarily generated by natural gas baby mm -hmm. so i was arguing with someone at work about that they have you know they have their teslas mm -hmm. and i'm like you're still plugging your clean car into a dirty grid you know that right <laughs> and they just could didn't get they it get the they don't yeah. get the concept that where do they're they think, not really where do you think the electricity comes from yeah. right well, it comes it, from the outside like, yeah <laughs> right. from the sun Sorry. from that from three hole hole in the wall <laughs> <laughs> But the thing about that, the thing about that too, is like, you know where most people in America live? Apartments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a piece where people were actually having to run extension cords from their apartments to the street yeah. charging stations. I think this was in Portland, mm. in order to charge up their cars, which of course come from a natural gas powered, yeah, or a coal. Uh, power plant. It's like this. This cannot. That be, can't, This cannot not, be the long term answer. No, I don't believe it either. I mean, I mean I, there's a place for it, but should it be the dominant solution? Especially if there's something else like this. I, I, I love so. the idea of electric cars. I, I think it's fantastic, and I thought it was going to be where we needed to head. Um, but we don't have the way to support it. Yeah. We just don't. And the people that are buying them right now are, I mean, hedge fund managers paying $170,000 for an electric vehicle. Uh -huh. You know, that's not who we need buying EVs. Right. <laughs> if, you know? can, if you can buy two Toyota Camrys for the cost of one Tesla, yeah. 
people are not going to buy a Tesla. Right. The right, average Joe is not going to buy a Tesla, right. especially if that average Joe lives in an apartment. Yeah. It's just not not feasible. Um, but, you know, oh, we got the bolt here. We got yeah, the bolt. Sure. We did this uh, 25 this shows ago. Sure. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, 25,000. 25, this, this little EV. Now, that is a reasonable price for a. For yeah, but they EV. still only get like, you know, 150 miles yeah, to a charge. I mean, it's, uh, it's two, 259 not... for this one. 259 for the bolt. But the other thing is, again, we live in the north. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. EVs don't charge in the cold. Yeah. They the don't. Batteries, yeah. The they, batteries get too cold. Yeah. There was a there was a, a radio host in Virginia or something like that. Um, he was going somewhere on Christmas, and his Tesla uh, needed a charge. He was down to like thirteen percent or or some really low number. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he pulled up to a station in Virginia during the cold snap. And it was like probably 30 degrees, 28, 29 degrees, something like that. He waited for an hour and it didn't go up. It just stayed at 13% battery capacity. Wow. This is not an answer. Wow. This, this, no, no, I think that, I think, I think Porsche is onto something here. They may be. That's gotta be where you go. I mean, can you imagine displacing all the existing gas stations with something else? No. no, you can't do it. I mean, communities are built around gas stations and things. Yeah, like smaller that. communities. It's, sometimes that's all they have. That's all they have. Yeah, and, and you know, it's a it's a big piece of what they are. So to displace gasoline with something else that can go in the same tank for no cost at all, that's brilliant. Yeah. I'm surprised it's not bigger news. I've not heard or seen anything about that. Yeah, I don't know why. It's crazy. They proved it out. You saw it. It feels like a really big deal. Yeah, they proved it out. It's just they can't produce. They can't mass produce it. I mean, so I I think that's what hydrogen's hard to produce. Right. Where do you produce it? Hydrogen's hard. Yeah. 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 Hydrogen's hard to get in its. um, whatever uh natural state yeah because it always is combined with something else what do you think about like a solar car what do you think about something like that what do you think about a solar car would you buy a solar car i don't think you'd have the uh you'd have enough energy coming in would you you know if if there was um if there was a reliable a reliable battery for it yeah and i knew it would store well i'd buy a solar car yeah at the right price i'd buy a solar car before i'd buy a, a plug-in ev i think i saw one of those on an episode of andor i think he was flying a solar car uh, the there light so. year zero yeah. is in production yeah i don't know <laughs> what what is this here this, this is a solar car yeah yeah but it was it, just it, like the, the, one on andor. the company's called Lightyear. Is yeah that, that's what they're called lightyear dot one the website but that's fantastic it's look cool at looking. look at that thing it's really cool those looking. are those are the cells okay yeah yeah i mean if it continuously charges i think that would be the way to go but um solar panels don't you know the energy that they take in that they don't store it for very long those storage cells don't even last very long yeah but look at that so, like you a solar powered car like your zero cool. is a solar powered car you can drive for months without a charge okay yeah. now that's what i'm talking about yeah that makes sense to that me that makes sense totally that makes totally. sense to me right and yeah. so that i mean you could afford to pay a lot more for the vehicle because you don't have right ongoing fuel cost or charging or costs. charging costs right you're free from the sun. right you're free yeah. from that yeah. so yeah the payback on it is is quick I would think. Yeah, that's 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 pretty that's 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 intriguing yeah. to me. Well, I think we gotta keep our eyes on this. I, I mean, this it's uh... so that that to me is like why why is Tesla not doing that or having like some sort of combination because didn't Elon own Solar City or something like that? Didn't he own a, a solar panel company? Like, why did he not think to I don't integrate know. that with I, the car? Yeah, I don't know. I th- again, I think he's mm-hmm. not the right leader for that business. He's too distracted and <laughs> too much of an egoist. You know. Well, he's got all those kids he's got to watch after <laughs> now. I mean, 
You think he watches his kids? <laughs> I heard he I heard he brought them into the Twitter office. I think he brought one of them into yeah, the yeah. Twitter office. But it's like him and Nick Cannon. You know, my gosh. You know, <laughs> get it together. Yeah. So you know. yeah, but so we we want that to go away in twenty twenty three. Yeah, we're thinking all that go away. So let's talk about twenty twenty three. Okay. What, what do we think is going to go? We got on a few here? minutes. Sure. Yeah. 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 What do you think? What's your thoughts on twenty twenty three? Yeah. Um. You know, Jeremy Siegel was on CNBC Friday. Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, he's been he's been quite the fellow to watch. Jeremy Siegel said, the "Fed funds rate to end the year is going to be two percent." At the end of twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty three. Did you hear him make that prediction on CNBC? That's what Jeremy Siegel said. Well, I don't see that happening. Jeremy Siegel said inflation will be gone. And the Fed will have to start cutting because unemployment will be so bad that um, he'll be there will be a two percent by year end. I think he's that's part, what he said. I think he's partially correct. Inflation will be gone, but not on the service sectors. I don't think. Yeah. And I think because the Federal Reserve is so stubborn, as long as they see inflation anywhere in any sector, they're going to continue with the higher interest rates. Mm-hmm. Just because they're so hell bent on squashing inflation permanently, which you can't do. I mean, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. We're always going to have some inflation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know that you're going to see that big of a shift in 2023. Um, That's what the professor is saying. Wow. The professor's calling the shot. Yeah. Um, well, but this, now the thing is, like, you turn on CNBC and everyone is saying exactly the same thing. And you know what they're all saying? Yeah. That the first quarter is going to be really bad. Everyone's going to be selling. And oh my gosh, the sky will be falling. Everyone is in that camp. All of them. Yeah. And that's why Jeremy Siegel, he said, well, actually, I think the first year, first half of the year could be great. Because everyone's on the wrong side. Everyone's on one side, you know. <laughs> yeah. Every everyone is on the on the one side. Sell, sell. <laughs> They're all selling. Buy, buy, buy. <laughs> the great Caddyshack line. Yeah. Um, but you know there there are a lot of wild predictions out there. The other thing, um, the range of estimates for where the S and P will end the year. I don't know if you saw that on CNBC. Oh, that's that's a big. I know. Right that's, before that's right before Jeremy Siegel right. came on, yeah. the range of of S and P year end estimates is um, on the low end thirty three hundred and on the high end forty eight hundred. That's a very very broad range of estimates from from Wall Street bankers. What, what's it going to What's so, going to get it to 4800? So how does anyone know what's going to happen when you have well, that again, wide but of a diversion? He, here's here's the issues though. You would have to have interest rates slashed. Absolutely slashed. But why would they do that? Because they see the economy tanking. Well, there's a negative connotation to that then. Mm-hmm. Right? When people see that happening, Businesses are going to pull back. They're going to, oh my gosh, the you know the world's coming to an end. What's going to drive the S and P to forty eight hundred? I don't see it changing a whole lot from where it is right now, and probably for the for all of twenty twenty three. I kind of see twenty twenty three as a flounder year, mm, mm. not the John Belushi Animal mm-hmm. House thing. Yeah. <laughs> Fla- it's, we're going to flounder. It's going to be you know softness, you know. Strength, softness, strength, kind of that rolling recession thing that people talked about. Oh, interesting. And we're going to see sectors come back. We're going to see sectors not do so well and then be better, and then other sectors decline and then come back. I think it's going to be kind of a rolling, floundering year for the Mm. most part. Mm. But if you look at it, the S&P is always traded between 15 to 17, right? Mm -hmm. Somewhere around there. Something around there. Where are we right now? We're about 15 and change, 15 to 16. Mm. But if we traded at 15 to 17 when we had zero interest rates, what's going to push it higher than where we are now with a 4 or 5% interest rate? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're, you'd have to be hoping for probably like a ceasefire um, 
right? The, the end of the Ukraine war probably would. Um, There's a lot. A lot yeah. of people would cheer that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things would have to fall in place perfectly. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling we won't see anything like that happen for a while. Yeah. Unfortunately. Would you see a four? Was it four Russian? Yeah. Higher ups. <laughs> Suddenly died. Suddenly died, yeah. Over, over Christmas. <laughs> it was very none, unexpected. But none of them yeah. fell out of windows. Yeah, no, no. They just, yeah. they weren't they just feeling died. well and they just died. Yeah, they the, the, Yeah, the Russian commentary on the one, one guy died and then his close associate, he died too because he was so sad that the other guy died. So, <laughs> so he just died. <laughs> just, he oh, died, really? of, died of the broken heart. Really? Yeah, died, died because of... His colleague died. I, you know, Boy, is that right. rich. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> they got a funny spin on things. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so, yeah, I, you know, 2023, I, I don't think it's going to be a train wreck by any means, but I don't think it's going to be a banner year. So, yeah. It, I mean, it's <clears throat> shake your magic eight ball. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. Anyone, it's, it's anyone's, anyone's guess. guess. I mean, yeah. um, but, you know, they're, they're, there are some scary things lurking out there still, though, too. I mean, um, you know, they were talking again, you know, what, what are the odds that China invades Taiwan, um, you know, next year? <clears throat> what are the chances of that? Probably very low, but it's not zero. Yeah. Um, Korea's making rumblings again to North Korea. Yeah, I saw so, they were shooting some missiles. Yeah, yeah, they were shooting missiles there. I mean, so, you know, who knows? Something could blow up. Um, but again, from... An investor standpoint, you you stick to the long term vision. Long term, we're going to be just fine. Our economy is going to grow. Stock market is going to come back. Technology is going to come back. I mean, the big sectors that you believe in, that looked good before this, are going to look good again. So, it's kind of a preparation time now. There's going to be buying opportunities. There's going to be certainly going to be a pullback. Like I say. With the S and P, if it's trading at fifteen to sixteen with high interest rates, there's got to be some adjustments there. It's gonna it's gonna pull back, and then set yourself up to make some buys. Yeah. I wouldn't go crazy, but you know, no, there's no. gonna be opportunities. Yeah, wouldn't go crazy on anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it'll be it'll be fun to watch it unfold. Yeah, yep. it will be. So happy New Year! Happy New Year! Yeah, <laughs> stay safe out there. Yeah, get your flu shot. Right. Um, yeah. Stay stay healthy. Let's go celebrate. Let's have some bourbon. Yeah. <laughs>